Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who Invited Her? We are San Diego's LGBTQ pop culture podcast. I am your host, Tony, and I'm here with my other host, Ms. Mariam T. Say hello. Hi, it's she, her, me, Ms. Mariam T, and I'm drinking a blood D. <laughs> you hear that rhyme? Stupid ass. <laughs> And my other co-host, the Mitch himself, is here. Say hi, Bash. Hi. I just like fucking cracked my neck. It's like I heard it in my ears. It was oh, so weird. Oh, what about your back, your pussy, and your pussy and your crack? <laughs> my wet ass pussy. Your wet ass. Um, today, with today's heat, it's a wet ass. Pussy. It is it's a wet. <laughs> and you it's guys, a map right now. It's a map. It's a moist ass. <laughs> Macaroni in a pot. Say hi, Eric. Hi, everyone. Yes, you guys, we are here for another week for another show. It's going to be a fun one today if we can survive this heat. It is very warm here in San Diego. We are, like, sweating so bad. Everybody's in tank tops except for me. Sugar can't be exposed to this much heat. I'll melt. No. How are you guys doing (laughs) with this heat wave in San Diego right now? It's crazy. I I don't mind the heat. It's the fucking mosquitoes. I went out for five minutes this morning, and I got three bites. Three bites? They're killing me. Mosquitoes are bad in San Diego right yeah, now. They're really bad. I did not leave the South for this shit. We don't have mosquitoes. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. 2020. I, I, think, I, brought, I think I brought them with me in my luggage in 2013. Yeah. <laughs> and they haven't left. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys, today's show is all about icons. Some of our favorite icons within the LGBTQ community and beyond. Um, and we're going to talk about it, what makes an icon, all of that stuff. But before we get into that, I wanted to do um, a little San Diego news. Since we're going to be talking about icons, um, here in San Diego a couple years ago, there was a musical that premiered at La Jolla Playhouse. And for people who don't know, La Jolla Playhouse here in San Diego produces a lot of really Broadway-quality shows. And a lot of the shows that La Jolla Playhouse has sent to Broadway have won Tony Awards, like Jersey Boys originated here um the early modern millie originated here in san diego and a lot of people don't know but into the woods premiered at the old globe before it went to broadway so before this whole corona thing happened diana the musical a musical based off of princess diana premiered at the la jolla playhouse and did great there and did very well and a friend of the podcast jesse actually went and saw it and he loved it so went to broadway and it was in premiere years before um, COVID started. Um, And they just announced that Netflix is going to be showing the full Broadway musical of Diana coming in next month in August, I believe. Um, They're going to be filming it on the stage where the the musical takes place in New York, but with to an empty audience. So it'll be like Hamilton, but without the audience. But I thought that was pretty cool, cool for San Diego since that musical originated here in our little town, San Diego. I can't wait for it on Netflix. Our little flip on the map. I know, right? (laughs) But I like the idea that they're bringing um, Broadway to to TV so people can can get that experience. And it gives work to the actors, too, who who are not working on Broadway right now. So what do you guys What's think it, of that? Work? What's it going on again? Like it's, a streaming service or on TV? Netflix. TV? Netflix. Oh, great. Yeah. It's yeah. Be on that's Netflix. awesome. Yeah. I think any theater on streaming services to expose them to the younger generation is a good thing. Yeah. Because so God I. knows I can't afford cable. <laughs> and yeah. I won't watch anything that's on cable. So, but there's a lot of good Broadway shows that have shaped pop culture and stuff um, that a lot of people don't get exposed to because they don't live in New York. So I like love the, the aspect that they're bringing it to the streaming networks and people can can watch it. Yeah, like the new I Cats know. movie. 
Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> it was really good. Hi. I didn't know what the yeah, fuck was going I was on. Like, I took a hundred milligram edible and then watched it and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is a nightmare. But I thought since we were talking about icons, I would bring that up uh, about Princess Di, the musical. I thought that was a little a cool little thing for San Diego excited. since it started here. Excited to see the car crash scene. I know. I'm very curious how they do it on stage because it covers her whole life of Diana's life. Um, and I've listened to some of the music for the show, and it's beautiful. It's very, very, oh. very cool music. Um, so I thought that was cool. Did you guys see it? Speaking of icons, um, the remix Madonna did with Missy Elliott and is it Dua Lipa? What did you think? What? Yeah. And Madonna. I want yes. to see it. I oh, I thought it. it was Missy Elliott. It's Dua Lipa? Yeah, and, and Dua, Dua it's Dua Lipa's song. It's her song, and then those two are. It's a remix added onto her song. Did Dua Lipa authorize that? She yeah, did. I guess it's yes. It's her single. Yes. Which yeah. which single? Uh, what is it called? Uh, is it one I, I know? Can't remember. Mm, I love see. Dua Lipa. I do I too. Do not. Actually, not... uh, this the our band pick this week is one of her songs, "Free." Oh, good. That's what we're gonna Thank end God. with because I love that song. So here's my issue with it. I'll, I'll wait. Tony's looking it up. Yeah. Number one, Madonna just re-recorded uh, some of the some of the like parts that Dua Lipa originally did. There's nothing new or additive that she added, or at least Missy rapped and like created some new parts to it. Number two, Madonna isn't in the video, but Missy is, which I think is really weird. Yeah. Um, She's so and, fucking weird. Yeah, I have no idea. But I mean, I do love Dua Lipa. So Dua the Fupa song is, her name um, is "Levitating." Is the name yes. of the song? Yeah, I listened to oh, it and I turned yeah. it off after maybe thirty seconds because I was like, I don't like this. I don't like it. I like Missy on it. Missy sounds great. Yeah, yeah, she's always solid. But I was just like, yeah, no, mm, no heard nothing. <laughs> I heard nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about no, anything it. happened. It yeah. very much feels like Madonna wanting to drink their blood. Like, oh, I, for sure. I'm tired of okay. her doing this shit. <laughs> no more like, celebrity can you just... drinking blood stuff. Don't even bring that energy in here. Okay. No. Hey, what one happened? more story about Oprah. Oh, QAnon? Yeah. Is this QAnon? One more story about Oprah eating babies and oh Wayfair selling children in, in, in armoires. I will say, though, myself. those motherfuckers left me fucking standing with this goddamn door to my closet. It's been three months. I'm like, can you drop all the children you're flying around the country and give Wait, me my why? fucking girl? Oh, they, you they, only have one door. They sent me a door and it was broken. Oh, that's right. So it took one month to get the original delivery. And now it's but was there a baby in it? it? There was no baby. <laughs> Maybe the just baby some scratch marks that. on the inside of the closet. <laughs> the baby's trying to come out. <laughs> That's not funny. Human trafficking is not funny. No, but no, it's Wayfair not is right. not trafficking children. Do you really think rich people who? do stuff like that are dumb enough to put it on the regular internet that's yes. what the dark web is for yeah no, not. No. <laughs> so today you guys icons so i looked up the definition of icon and um so icon is a widely known symbol like the statue of liberty liberty has become an icon for freedom so an icon is a person who is successful or admired as a pop icon or has changed history that is a definition of an icon according to webster's dictionary for you guys what is your definition of an icon what to you Barry M. T. well no that's more <laughs> of like the devil's book or something no it is not that's not an icon well not yet maybe one day you'll be an oh, icon uh, yeah you think ouch ruka ka 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 
<laughs> Look what? at her. Oh no, her her video froze again. Poor thing. <laughs> An icon wouldn't have a frozen video. Just saying. We would have a frozen face though. I know. <laughs> the second the second I get on television, as soon as I get back, it's just gonna be. But this brings up a good point. Icons. So. In in San Diego, besides Miss Miriam T, do we have local icons within our community? Yes, Dr. Chad, Seuss Chad is from Michaels. San Diego. Chad Michaels, Chad Dr. Michaels, Dr. Seuss, yeah. um, L. Frank Baum, who wrote The Wizard of Oz. Yes, from well, my- he he oh, just lived here when he wrote it. Yeah, yeah. he he hmm. based the Emerald City off of the Hotel Del. Would you say you there's icons that. right now within <laughs> our community that are that you would you would categorize as iconic besides Chad? I'm curious. Oh, just like in general, not community that have done a lot for the community that's changed in, you know, that you would consider an icon. I mean, Megan, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sherry, Sherry Sherry and Megan, the two of them. They're like the fucking. Oh my god, who's that mother and daughter actresses? Why am I Goldie Hawn and Goldie uh, Hawn and um, No, Kate Spade's dead. She's a fashion designer. Kate Hudson, thank you, Kate Hudson. Everybody, say hi, Rob. Producer Rob's here too. Hi, producer Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I'm here too. Go ahead. (laughs) So, for you individually, you guys, what is an icon? How do you define an icon for you guys? Miss Mariam T, we'll start with you. Um, somebody that is consistently cunt is irreplaceable, is philanthropic, is a badass Betty, and um, is um, not homophobic. Those are what there that's what go. I think of as an icon. A badass Betty who is philanthropic. And um, there's nobody like her. Obviously, only women are icons. So yes, that, what? well, no, there's male icons. So somebody, um, I think I, it's Charlie, was saying that Adam Lambert is from San Diego. Did you guys? Know oh, that? that's I right. That. Oh. I totally forgot about and he that. Made, I really like him. He made I the list too. for one of the newer icons. One of the, somebody within the LGBTQ community within the last decade that has been pushing boundaries and um and trying to get to that iconic stage. And there was a documentary that just was on Netflix about his time doing Queen, the tribute mm. band, and it is so fascinating his story and doing Queen and how he, it is performing and then stepping into the shoes of Freddie Mercury and making it his own. If you guys get a chance, go watch it on Netflix. It is. Absolutely fascinating. What's it called? Um, I think it's called Queen um, Behind the Scenes or something like oh. that. But if you it's type on, in Queen, it's I really Queen. like. It's on Netflix. I really like Adam Netflix. Lambert. Okay. Oh, I, I like his when I he did when he did the Believe the sh- cover of Shares Believe at that the thingy for Share. Oh yeah. my god, amazing! Yeah. Uh, what, oh, and we have one more San Diego icon is uh, RuPaul. RuPaul, uh, that's yeah, what I was that's say. right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. forget that. I don't know her. Where is she though? Yeah, she doesn't. She's never come back. Exactly. (laughs) No, she doesn't. When she talks about San Diego, she's always like, "It's such a nice little town." She doesn't like it. Hold on, you guys. Bash, don't blow your your fan in the mic. We can totally hear it. I was like, "What is that noise?" And here's Bash with his fan, like (laughs) fanning the flames of his faggotry. Right. (laughs) What about you, okay, Bashy? What about you? What to you? 
is a definition of an icon for you? Um, somebody that needs no intro or explanation. You just hear the name and you're like, it's just like a wave of information that comes into your brain. I like that. I do too. I do too. What about you, Eric? I think for me, it's somebody who's created something so much bigger than anybody else before them. It's just, yeah, they've defined their own category. They've carved out their own little hole in your brain. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds I think great. for me, it's the an icon is a trailblazer, somebody that's doing something nobody else is doing, and they're they're the ones setting the path for what comes in the future, and they make change. They they move the needle for change. That is an icon to me. So today we're going to get into some of our personal favorite icons and and what they mean to us and why we pick these people for it. So to get us started, we're going to start with Miss Miriam T. Who is your icon? Like, who for you is that icon that really has changed you and influenced you um, that you worship in a way? Uh, well, I mean, if you're a fan of the podcast and you listen, then you probably know that it is none other than Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, Mistress of the Dog. Um, Wait, I have that sound effect, but I can't find um, it. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you why. Yes. One, um, just like I tell everybody all the time when people ask me who my favorite drag queen is, it is Elvira. Mm -hmm. Elvira is a drag queen. And you will have a very tough time having me tell you otherwise. uh, Or, like, proving me otherwise. Um, She is... She came from... um, she came from the the 1980s um, era of the Groundlings, which was yeah. kind of a legendary moment. Miss Mary, in the T, hold on a minute. Get a little what? closer to your mic so we can hear you a little better. You guys want me to be louder? A little bit. Okay. Um, is that better? Yeah, that's better. Can you hear me? There we go. Yes. Okay. Um, she came from like a legendary um, era in the Groundlings, where you had people like Paul Rubens, um, Mindy Sterling. Uh, oh no, no, no. Yeah, Mindy Sterling, she's still a teacher at Groundlings. Um, um, e- um, Edith McClurg. Um, and those names might not sound um, super familiar to you right off the bat, but if you go to IMDb and you type in Edith McClurg, she's literally been in like 300 movies and animated series. Like she, these people all grew up at the Groundlings when it started. Um, and if you don't know what the Groundlings is, the Groundlings is um, like the top improv training school in the world. It's where... 90% of the people who have been on SNL and like Matt yeah. TV were all trained. Like the entire cast of Bridesmaids, they all went to the Groundlings at the same time and then Didn't made that movie. Kathy Griffin, she was part of Groundlings. She started up in Groundlings too. Kathy Griffin, she might have been Second City. I can't oh, remember if she was Groundlings or Second yeah. City. But the Second City is really good as well. Um, and so just knowing that like her and Paul Rubens like went to school together. And, like, they were in the same graduating class as the Groundlings. And you know how I feel about Pee Wee Herman. Yes. And it's just, like, her her tenacity and the ability to maintain the same character from the 80s until now. And now she's more popular than ever. Um, Without a doubt. And, and they're working on, from what I've been told, because I have some inside info, because I have some friends that are, like, friends with her, um, is apparently they are working on a third and final movie before she retires. Wait, um, like she's almost 70. No. Yeah. Is she really? Elvira is 68, 69, yeah. something like that. Yeah, 67. Yeah. If you go on and her, she wears this, her cameo She wears the same account? dress size. 
on her cameo account, it is her she now. She does not look 70 at all. She wears the she wears the same wow. um the same dress size that when she started. I've read interviews with her that says she usually starts um her like strict diet and exercise program in like mm-hmm. May to be able to get ready for Halloween. Yeah. To fit wow. back in the dress size. She's never gone up a dress size. Um and I just think like she's always been LGBTQ friendly. Very much like, so. Always been a friend of the gays. Um, you know, you've seen her on a guest as a guest judge on Drag Race many times. Um, she's worked with Jackie Beat many times. Jackie Beat has written for her and worked for her many times. She's worked with Peaches Christ a lot. Um, she's a big um, animal lover. Um, her child is also um, trans, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so she is the mother oh. of a trans child. Um, you know, she lives in Brad Pitt's old house. Um, she's just, she's a fucking cool, you know, yeah. she, she, uh, hooked around, she, you know, she fooled around with Elvis. Um, oh, she yeah, was an illegal, right. um, she, to, to uh, my knowledge and her knowledge, she's the youngest, um, go-go, I think go-go dancer or Vegas girl ever because she left home, she left home, dropped out of school and started, um, she just showed up at, in Vegas and started dancing when she was 16 illegally. Wow. Whoa. She was like hot and had she was like hot and had big tits and she dropped out and then she after she saved up enough money from dancing in Vegas, she hightailed it off to Europe with her band. She yeah. was in a she was in a band and they traveled all over Europe and she was in like this punk girl band and like sang and then went came back to America and um, did the groundlings and then created the Elvira character and then That was his She's been a fucking icon since. Like she's just like I Literally, I can't say enough good things about her. Yeah. She's hysterical. She's For you, Miriam, when when was the first time you remember seeing Elvira, and it that really affected you that that just touched you and made her the remember, icon for you? I just remember as a kid, like I was very fortunate that, like, especially with semi-conservative parents, especially being in the South. Um, I grew up watching a lot of like late night television and mm-hmm. stuff. So I remember catching glimpses of Elvira's movie macabre, um, yeah. which was how Elvira started. She started hosting um, late night shows on the red couch, the, the iconic red couch. And basically she would host these B and C horror movies and they would cut away during commercial breaks. And she would just talk shit about the movies <laughs> and make jokes about movies yeah. <laughs> as this vampire Valley girl. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's it's very much like a dead valley girl. Everything is like, oh my god, and like yeah. literally, and like and that's really, how Elvira is. Really campy jokes. I remember really, really campy, campy jokes. Yeah, you like can one of my watch favorites is some of those on Prime now. Did you know that she has her her? The well, and newer on Hulu, ones, yeah. there's the newer movie Macabre. Yeah, is, that's what is it is on there. Yeah. Um. Um. Do you have I your fan like, on, Miriam? I have three fans on oh, one of them's <laughs> one of them's blowing in the mic i can hear it hold on yeah can, i can hear it that help no i can I hear, it. hear it's it. like do you guys hear that yeah, yeah. hi Bay. hold on it's, just it's not like me i turned all of mine off yeah somebody's thing is jiggling but it's fine we'll keep going i just know that one better oh god no it sounds like oh. you're in the tunnel what happened <laughs> what happened wait it's worse now <laughs> They're just it's fine. Go ahead, Miriam. Keep going with Elvira. Um, where was I? So she became um, when, how old perfect. were you when you discovered Elvira? 
I would say like young, like five. Yeah. Six. Um, five, six, that I knew who she was. And then I think the first time I saw Mistress of the Dark, I was and Mistress of the Dark, for people who have, don't listen to the podcast. I didn't see Mistress of the Dark until I was an adult. Yeah. Mistress of the Dark was like her biggest movie. The one that yeah, I read. That's has- when I first got into, well, kind of more introduced to her was yeah. through Mistress of the Dark. She has she has two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mistress of the Dark, which is her really popular one. And then there's Elvira's Haunted Hills, um, which I believe you can see the entire, I think Haunted Hills, the entire movie is on YouTube for free. Really? Um, it's I not seen it. It's, um, <laughs> I love it because yeah. I am, am a big Elvira fan and I get where it's coming from. I mm-hmm. totally get, it's it's not Mistress of the Dark at all. Um, if you go into it thinking that it's going to be Mistress of the Dark, don't. Um, I do love um, uh, Richard O'Brien is in it, who is the creator and writer of Rocky Horror and who played Riff Raff. Um, yeah. Richard O'Brien is in it. And so that's great. Um Haunted Hills is really good. Uh, one of my favorite things about Haunted Hills is the 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 hero in it. The 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 male hero in it is um this really hot like he looks like fucking Tarzan, and <laughs> but they they dub him like bad horror oh, yeah, movies. Yeah, I remember that. And so yeah. he talks, and his voice comes out in a different way, and his mouth is moving in a different. Oh it's God! Hysterical. <laughs> it's hysterical, and um. I just, yeah, I just really, really appreciate her ability to, to deliver the same character in the same dress with the same makeup for, we're at like, forty five, forty years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost of Elvira, um, and just it's just you know that Elvira look. It's the red ring and the dagger with the belt and the low cut V and the big black hair. Like she's changed it up here and there. Like there are little, there are variants of her mm-hmm. dress and whatnot. But like. For her to be able to make an entire career based off this one character is <laughs> fucking crazy. That's why I think yeah. she's like a drag queen. Yeah. It's like she has created this. Of course, she's been in a bunch of other movies and stuff, but like. But it's the just like character Alvira still yeah. is one of the most popular, iconic characters like character, in pop it's culture. It's like Pee Wee Herman. It's yeah. like Pee Wee Herman was never, it was never Paul Rubin's as Pee Wee Herman. It was always Pee Wee Herman. Like when he was on talk shows and stuff, that was a part of his contract and stuff. You were never to call him Paul Rubens. Mm -hmm. He was only Pee Wee. Wow. (laughs) And because they were so dedicated to those, to those characters and stuff. And I just, that kind of stuff gets me wet. I I love that. Like I um, love it. Alvira is a big influence for a lot of drag queens. They go towards Alvira. Tiny waist, big hips, big tits, big makeup, campy, stupid, making dirty jokes. Like, yeah. It's just, I mean, that is the the definition, the the, the the how's your head joke. That is from Mistress of the yeah. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had any complaints. That is from Mistress of the Dark. One of my <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts of Mistress of the Dark is when she pulls the padded bra off the other girl, <laughs> off of Patty. Yeah, I my favorite. I like my favorite scene with Patty in that one is when Patty comes up to Elvira and apologizes for trying to set her on fire at the stake. <laughs> And um, and Elvira goes, it's okay. I'm I can accept your apology because I'm the bigger person, much bigger. <laughs> or, <laughs> or my favorite is um, when they're trying to burn her at the stake. She's like, just tell everybody to remember me by two simple words. Just two, as long as they're simple. 
Like, just he's just <laughs> stupid so and campy. Yeah, I love it. I, it's yeah. one of the things I love is that her jokes are so simple and yes. like, like, but her character, the look of it, like, it looks very complicated, but her personality makes her feel very accessible. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's yeah. this very huge contrast that really yeah, is yeah. intimidating. Mm. Yeah, she's intimidating to look at, but then once you yeah. talk to her, it's just yeah. like. <laughs> well, yeah. one of the one of the things I really love about her, uh, uh, well, about Cassandra, is that there is a definite difference between between Cassandra and Alvira. Because if you listen to interviews where it's just Cassandra, the activism she has done, especially for the LGBTQ community and for civil rights for over forty plus years, is she is the way she talks about it is, is so. Um, understated, she's, and she doesn't she's toot her own horn. Rad. Yeah, she doesn't toot her own horn, horn, and wants attention for. It. She just does it because it's a passion of hers, and I love that. Was one of the things I've always loved about Alvira and Cassandra Roberts. She will be sixty nine in a month. God damn. She God looks damn. incredible. Yeah, that is she a looks great, amazing. great pick for an icon, Miriam. Like, thanks. I think, I think all with especially within the gay community, a lot of people can relate to Elvira. Yeah. And like if you're homosexual and you haven't seen Elvira Mistress of the Dark, or if you're a RuPaul's drag race fan, yeah. Like I've shown that movie to so many of my other like drag friends that have never seen it, and they're like, the how's your headline is from this movie? And I'm like, Hello. Like, <laughs> people don't yeah, I just yeah. I'm so glad that it's like my favorite movie and she's my favorite person. Yeah. I haven't got to meet her yet, but um, someday, someday I have a con- I have a connect. So the next time that she's in San Diego, um, I'm hopefully gonna get to. I hang wish out she. With her. I wish she would do DragCon. So then, if we're there, oh my god, that would be crazy. She did DragCon. That would be amazing. Everybody. But she doesn't really come dressed no. as Elvira no. that much. No. It's normally Cassandra, and you got to pay a lot of money to have her as Elvira. Right. Yeah. It's like RuPaul. That's why you don't see her in drag at a lot of events because the price difference between getting RuPaul as a boy and (laughs) RuPaul as a queen is a lot. Yeah. I love that pick, Miriam. That was a great, great iconic pick. Yes. And I know you can probably do a whole hour on Alvira. Which I love. Oh, and then I would just be crying. And like, I know. <laughs> so, so on the on another on the other show I do, film Springa. One of the films we're gonna expose my dear friend Lena to is Mistress of the Dark because she's never seen it. And Bryn and I, um, especially Bryn, is religious about that movie. And that's an episode I'm having Mariam T come on and really dive. We're gonna spend a whole hour diving into Mistress yeah. of the Dark. So watch out for that on film Springa. Because it's going to be a great episode. <laughs> it's really, it's so good. Oh, Edith, I see you brought your famous Tic Tac pie. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I love when she drives up for the first time in that black car. And it's like the Me first. Too. Oh, it's so good. And the casserole scene, too. For anybody oh, the casserole scene, scene is great. <laughs> Gulitra, Gulitra, one and a half phalangra. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but that is a great, great pick, Miss Mariam T, for your Thanks, icon. Thanks, I know. Yay, 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 yay. I love that. I love that. See, oh, our oh, studio audience is going crazy. They're going crazy for it. <laughs> Just that. 
But before we move on to our next um, pick, I wanted to go over some other icons that Out Magazine has named twenty of the algae most um, twenty of the LGBTQ icons that have changed the world. Um, and some of these are not really, I would say, film or music celebrities. Um, but first on their list is Laverne Cox. As yes. an icon that they have said. And she, I think, I'm especially with, with the documentary she produced and got on Netflix. It was so good. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. It is amazing. Disclosure is what it's called. It's a, such a good documentary about trans lives. And, it, and it's so honest and so raw. If nobody's seen it, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, so she made the list. Another one that they listed, everybody knows within the LGBTQ community. And if you don't, you should research it. Um, Silvio Rivera. A huge activist from early within the gay rights movement. Um, do your research on her. She's amazing. So she made the list. Also, this one I really, really love. James Baldwin. If nobody knows who James Baldwin is, he's a poet from the 1920s. A black poet who did a lot of work. Um, he was really putting a name for, um, what's it called? gay people and everything in the 20s. And when he first performed his poetry, he made a lot of black people realize that there are black out artists out there that there are black artists within the black within the art community are out there if you don't know who he is do your research on james baldwin he's really great he was born in 1924 but he really got his his big 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 like time stuff in the 1930s and 40s if i remember right and a lot of his early poetry if you get a chance to read it is amazing and it's really really resonates with what's happening in america today if you go back and read it so he made the list also a lot of another one that a lot of people forget is brenda howard do you guys know who that is is. no (laughs) everybody like (laughs) Miriam does you know who she is right Miriam? I know the name. Brenda Howard. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. when you said Brenda Howard, I was like, <gasps> she's in my she Rolodex was, somewhere. Um, lesbian who pretty much organized the first Pride Parade. And she, yes. yeah, she was the one who did it. She was, was the one like, who got it out there. And that's how we had, we had Pride Parade because of Brenda Howard. Was that in that's LA or in New York? So much New York. Knowledge. Okay. Yeah, New York. She started in in New York. The I always other, get the history mixed up though because I know. it was like another there was another thing before Stonewall that happened in LA. <laughs> Stonewall. I, Every time you say that I always think of <laughs> Somebody nobody died at Stonewall. Okay. Yeah, so so those are some of the other um icons and one of the other ones this is a film related one and I know we all know who they are the Wachowski sisters. They mm. they made the list for for people who have influenced especially within the film industry. Lillian Lana uh Wachowski with the Matrix movies and Sense 8. If you guys have not seen Sense so 8 good. on yeah. Netflix, great series. It is so good. I just don't understand how like these like crazy conservative conspiracy things keep picking up on the matrix and they're like, Oh, we're going to use this to like push our agenda. And I'm like, you do realize that movie was created by two trans women, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking moron. I know, right? (laughs) So Bash has our next icon. Who is your icon? Mine is weird. Uh, I picked Marlon Brando and I don't know if he's necessarily an LGBTQ. Well, yes, he is. He's, he is an, an icon in that regard because 
Um, I just think he stands for a lot of hyper-masculinity, especially within the Italian community. Like the Godfather is basically the Bible for us. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to it. Um, and a lot of people don't know that he was, you know, hooking up with guys and was just normalizing that in Hollywood yeah. back, back in the sixties and seventies and hooked up with Richard Pryor, James Dean, a whole slew of other actors. And uh, can you imagine James Dean watching James Dean and Marlon Brando just getting it down? Oh my God, well, Marlon James Brando Dean was so was fucking I wonder who the top was. I know, right? Marlon who Brando. I wonder what fetishes they got into when they got down to, down to <laughs> I have no thing. idea. Listen, oh, as God. a 98.5% bottom, I care, okay? <laughs> <laughs> 98? She's being generous. God. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was surprised uh, with this pig, um, Bashy, because I, I was like, okay, I, I, because I've known you for a while, you've always brought up Marlon Brando, not just because of the fact that he was super hot in when he was younger, when he first yeah. came onto the scene, but I was surprised for this pick for you. Why, when was the first time you discovered him as, and it hit for you as an icon? Uh, well, like I said, I mean, like we grew up watching the Godfather, like it was literally the the newest Testament. I mean, that's what we all live (laughs) by, but, um, no, I just, I, I think it sets up a lot of conversations to be had, especially for people who are coming out, especially when they're in the Italian community, at least, because you can look at that person and it's somebody that's respected within our community. And I, I can say, you know, this is somebody that you all put on a pedestal and he turns out to have like butt sex too. So why, why are you guys, <laughs> why do you guys give a fuck about this? And I, I just think it helps ease that conversation and make it normal. And everybody's like, Oh, okay. Well, if Marlon Brando did it, you can do it. And yeah. that's, that's fine. But um, he was also like a very um, ahead of his time in terms of like, not putting labels on sexual relations. He was, pr- I, I would I don't know. I think he would probably be considered pan today, but he had relationships with men, women, everybody. And um, yeah, I just think it's, it's something that not only is it important for the gay community, but also to everyone to just Mm -hmm. not inhibit what your urges are and test things out regardless of what your label is. And that's it. Yeah. So I like that. That is it. I didn't know that about him, that he was, he went both ways. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he had like a pretty serious, like sexual relationship with Richard Pryor. Really? Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. I did not know that. And Richard Pryor's wife, like, um, after he had passed away, was like, oh, yeah, they they had like a, a full they on were thing going around. Yeah. <laughs> In the chat room for the for the show, um, somebody said Anthony Perkins was a hottie, too. And he had a live in boyfriend and stuff when when he was. Uh, I, I just I wish, you know, in that old Hollywood realm, if yeah. people had actually been out, how different things would have been. I know yeah. it would have been oh, really interesting. Different. So different. Yeah. What are what is your besides Godfather? What are other movies that you like from Marlon Brando? Uh, Streetcar. Wait, no, was he yeah. in that one? Yeah, he Street was in that one. Yeah, he was. That one was Stella. really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for me, Guys and Dolls. I like Guys and Dolls is great. I need to rewatch that one. It's been it's a so long good. time. Yeah. Yeah, the wild ones too. I liked him in the wild ones. I remember. I have never seen that movie actually. Yeah, and he played Julius Caesar too. And Julius Caesar, did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I didn't know that one. I like any any like old Roman. 
That's a 60s good, movie. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick, Bashy. I like that. Marlon Thank Brando. you. Bash. Very, mm. very good pick. Um, do you guys want to hear? Okay, icons. Some of the, what are, when it comes to icons, especially in the gay community, female icons, which ones come to mind for you guys? I want to see if this is the ones that made the list. Um, I like. Do they have to be uh, LGBT wi- women or are no? They women they're just the- within the within the gay community. People that, that um, are icons that are like uh, everybody. Dolly names. Parton. Yep. Dolly Parton. Dolly. Uh, Lily Tomlin. Lily yeah. Tomlin. Uh, I love Lily Tomlin. Uh, 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 Cher. Bette Midler. Uh, Cher. Uh, 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 Cindy Lauper, Cindy uh, oh, Barbara Streisand. Hello, Judy Garland, Liza Barbara Minnelli. Streisand, Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All the really Gaga is a modern one. <laughs> Would you say Gaga and Beyonce are two of the most modern gay icons? I don't know if Beyonce is really because yeah. she Gaga, in this article in this article that Out Magazine put, they named her as one of the the female icons in the Beyonce? same aspect what of Barbara really Streisand, Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli, Bette Midler. What has she done though? Yeah. Besides give us music, like yeah. what does she do with her platform? I, with I, I mean, do she wish she doesn't do anything. Like she does some stuff, but like I do wish Beyonce would cite her gay influences a little bit more. Yeah, because obviously, like yeah, yeah, you know, ballroom and everything is a huge. I mean, single ladies video that was all mm-hmm. basically yeah. borrowed from the gay community. Well, right? so was Vogue yeah. from Madonna. That all came from the ballroom. Madonna yeah. and her fucking Vogue. I'm so sick of hearing <laughs> about that shit. It's like God. It you happened in the I, 80s. You know what I rewatched this week? Um, I've been rewatching is Glee. Because I mm-hmm. loved it when it came out in 2009. Um, yeah. And in the first season, they did a remake of Vogue with Sil... Sil- um, what's her name? Celester. Sil... Sil- Sue. Sue, Sue, Sue Celester. Sue Sorry, Sylvester. I forgot it. Yeah. What's that actress's name? I'm gonna, um, Jane look Lynch. Jane Lynch. Lynch. Oh, yeah. She's so amazing. And the gay I, icon right there, actually. Right there, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched... I rewatched that episode where she remakes the video of Vogue with um, Amber <laughs> Riley and the guy who plays... Um, the other kid that... That's in that show, the really, really gay one with the high voice. Curtis, I can, yes, Curtis. Um, yeah. And the vi- and they Kurt. shot the video like frame for frame of what Madonna did, but with <laughs> Jane Lynch. And I forgot how funny it is watching her do this. It's so yeah. good. But when I think, I think of uh, Beyonce, like as one of our icons, it always reminds me. She kind of reminds me of a younger Diana Ross in a way. And the trajectory of where Diana Ross is going went in her career and yeah. stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think age plays into Icon being around for so long? It may no. be. No. It may be. Gaga, Gaga was 20 and she yeah. like, skyrocketed into yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very, Kim very, very true. Kim Petras, another one. Yeah, yeah oh, a little Kim one. Petrus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. Troy Sivan. Uh love choice yeah choice of he's a young one Mm. yeah yeah it's interesting there was another and i got most of these out of out magazine they named um male lgbtq icons can i interject because i want to say my my, frank ocean frank ocean that's i love frank ocean anything he touches is just gold so they have james dean on there adam lambert um was Um, one listed and then they had jake gyllenhaal 
Gyllenhaal. What? Gyllenhaal. Oh, from Brookback. Just because Brookback. he bottomed in a I tent know. for Heath fucking Ledger <laughs> with his belly full of beans. Don't <laughs> belly full of beans. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, everybody. Belly full of beans. Like, what about, uh, you know beans. what? If we're going to go for that, I'd say Tom Hanks was a bigger gay icon than him. Right. For doing Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah agreed. Yeah. Yeah, with Denzel Washington. That movie was really good. I remember when it came out. Yeah, George Michael made the list, too, for male. Yeah, and everybody forgets George Michael. Early 90s when Michael. Freedom came out. And all and, oh, his Mugler videos, how he, like, oh, God, I used to be so, oh. Getting caught in that, that bathroom. Yeah. Right. Have we, have we <laughs> known about any other people that have been outed like that, though? I'm Not trying to think. time, right? As far as I know. People just come out with it nowadays, it seems like. Another yeah. male icon within the LGBTQ community is Harvey Firestein. A lot of people yes. don't remember him. Hey, Tracy. Yes. <laughs> but Torch Song Trilogies, which he starred on Broadway and then in the film. That Yeah, but a lot of people know him from Hairspray. Independence Day. Yeah. Independence yeah. Day. Oh, that's Delphi right. The other day too. <laughs> Independence <laughs> Day. We were like on totally. Di- I'm over here. Hairspray. She's like Independence Day. I was like, he was in Independence Day. <laughs> He's Another really funny one in it. Is Neil Patrick Harris made the list of? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I like him. I do too. And he of course, Elton John. We can't forget about Ugh. Elton John. Yeah. I finally watched Elton. that movie. What did you think? Really Recommend. Good. What did you think? I loved it. Wasn't it was amazing. Good? So good. I loved it. And that kid Egerton is a great actor. Because I, I liked him a lot. I mean, he's gorgeous, but yeah. in the uh Kingsman movies. But this yes. I was like, oh fuck, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They did a really good job with that movie. The costuming in that movie was un- amazing. The costume. I liked how yeah. that one and the one about Freddie Mercury came out at around yes, the same time. Um, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I watched them back to back, actually. It was a great Saturday. Ooh. That's it. That is a good Saturday. <laughs> Another big uh, male icon, uh, George Takei, within the game. Yes. Yeah. The oh man. Oh yeah. 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 We can't forget about old him. school guy too. Yeah. yeah. You know he. There was a, a Broadway show that made it to Broadway that start started here at the Old Globe called Allegiance yes. with Mia Salonga. Oh yeah. Um, and it went to Broadway. Got nominated for a couple of Tonys. He was in the original production here in san diego of allegiance the musical that went to broadway was it about japanese internment during yes. world war ii i believe God, so, yeah. i really wish i had saw that one yeah we we saw bashi and i saw october sky the musical at the club oh, yeah remember that and I at the very and it was good the music was good but at, you know like the big epic scene when the rocket goes off at the end remember yeah and they do it on stage and they point over the audience and we were like everybody's like <laughs> like where are they pointing? Where, where did the rocket go? And I remember Bashi and I were sitting there, and we noticed like the whole audience looked, and then had this look of disbelief, and we were busting up laughing. We we're like, okay, I was with you on this musical till the very end. Yeah, so I mean, they could have had it just streak across us a or something, like a little thing on a string. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eric, for you, who is an icon for you? So I picked, I picked somebody who's broken barriers, who's innovative and a great actor. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mike Pence. No, 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 no just kidding. That's, 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, look, she came with a joke finally. God damn, it took long I've got enough. one more. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Sherry Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Mario T. City right there, though. Don't they look the same? No, I'm kidding. I'm um, kidding, Miss oh, Mario. Dear Lord. No, 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 no. Mariam's eyes, if everybody could see Mariam's eyes, she's like this. Tina! Bring me the eyes! <laughs> No, go it's more like this. Don't fuck with me, fellas! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very Talk about a gay icon. I oh, know, right? It's such a good movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay, um, go ahead, so Eric. my real pick is actually Divine, who I think... I say kill everyone. <laughs> I love this and pick. So, I love this pick. Yeah, I actually chose this one because I just saw the documentary recently on Netflix. And... I chose it because it was somebody, which was great. It's a fantastic documentary if you haven't seen it. But it's actually somebody I kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about because I know how much, like, he's shaped such, like, current pop culture today, shaped so much about, like, drag influence and, like, just done so much to really kind of push boundaries. And so, um, you know, Pink Flamingos, if you haven't ever seen it, it's fucking insane um i remember seeing it for the first time in my 20s and just being like i don't even know what the fuck i'm watching right now but i feel somehow i'm connected to this in some weird sense in some weird way and it's just it like it blows your mind the final scene like fucking blows your mind like you just you just yeah it's 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 impressive and then I remember seeing Hairspray like years later um, and not realizing that was the same person. Like, oh, really? Edna Turnblatt had no idea. And I think that's kind of the like the brilliance of like the being able to play these kind of different personalities and characters of like being able to be somebody else and you not even tell, which I think is really cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think I think. Uh, you know, as as divine, just like incredibly innovative, like very punk, very underground, but then somehow, you know, with John Waters able to bring that concept into mainstream mm-hmm. um and still kind of push that forward, I think is really cool. But um, you know, still being able to be true to themselves. I feel like and and even like as Divine kind of developed to become more mainstream, like coming into hairspray, there's still like so much that is so raw and like unseen and unheard of before that still brought to that character, even though it was like definitely a lot more of a friendly, like uh, approachable type film. So yeah, I mean, just really, 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 really cool. And um, one of the things that I I found out when I was researching it. Um, was which I kind of already knew that like Ursula from the Little Mermaid was definitely yep. influenced by Divine, but um, Howard Ashman, who's one of the original creators of the Little Mermaid, actually is from Detroit and lived in Detroit at the same time that Divine was like like part of that beatnik group that was like happening in Detroit. And um, Howard Ashman, a gay man as well, like th- th- from what history says, like there's no way that they couldn't like have seen each other have been influenced by each other like yeah being in that same area the same time um and so you look at like pictures of ursula and you're like wow that 
like the large eyebrows, the yep. eye makeup, right? the hairline that's really <laughs> far back, the blonde spiky hair, like the body shape and size. It's very much influenced by Divine. I really yeah. think that would be a hugely missed opportunity by Disney if they don't cast a drag, a queen. drag queen to be Ursula in the live action. I do too. And I think it would be a great homage to Divine. Divine. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I remember waiting on them to call me. <laughs> actually, <laughs> great Ursula. Yeah. Oh my god, Mario! <laughs> I know. I remember. I w- I've always been a super John Waters fan, and I remember seeing Divine for the first time in Female Trouble, which is one of the best <laughs> movies ever. If you guys haven't seen that, um, and Pink Flamingo, Polyester, Hairspray, all of them. Like she was just so so cool. Did you know in Hairspray that? Um, in the documentary, Ricky Lake had said that Divine was the one who taught her how to walk in heels. Yeah, yeah. For, for the movie, yeah. I thought that was, and that Divine actually didn't really like her in the beginning. No, she was she was the main star, and for the first time, because Divine had always been the main character, and for the first yeah. time in a John oh, Waters no. film, she was second to Ricky Lake, and that they didn't, she didn't really like Ricky Lake in the beginning. Yeah. But then by the end, like she became very motherly to yeah. to Ricky and yeah. like they hung out all the time and like just they were very yeah. sweet to each other. I hope Ricky's doing okay. <laughs> I hope Ricky's doing okay. <laughs> Did you know that Divine? Um, I think it, Divine's real name was um, Glenn Milstead. It? Yeah, Harrison Glenn Milstead. Harrison Glenn Milstead. That before yeah. he passed away, unfortunately, he had got cast on Married with Children. Yeah. As himself outside of being divine, and he oh, passed really? away before filming. Yeah, but and he died the day that goddamn they were shame. To film. Yeah, you're he, right, Miss Marantine. He was late to he set. Died. Yeah, the night before yeah, he was late to set, and they never, were like, "He's never late. She's never yeah. like what, what's going on." And then they got the phone call that he was dead. Dead. Yeah. If what you haven't shame. seen I Am Divine, if you haven't seen that net, the, the documentary I Am Divine, you have to watch it. Yeah. It's, his mom is on there a lot and talks about him growing up and. Wait, did they mention that in in the documentary Mm -hmm. about? I don't remember that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or even just visit the old films that Divine did, like Lost into Dust, Polyester, all of those, like Female Trouble. It is just, and that was what John Waters did with those film films was so revolutional for the time. Like he was putting out. These films that push so counterculture. Many, yeah, so many boundaries. And Divine was a star. Most, Divine, it was Divine, Mink Stall. Oh, there was a whole crew of crew of John Waters actors that were all through all the through those movies, but Divine movies, was his yeah. like muse. It's really fascinating oh, yeah, sure. that documentary. That was a great pick, Eric. I love that. <laughs> Cause if for a younger for the younger generation, they they should do the research on Divine because it's it's a big influence. Did you have something, Robbie? Oh, yeah. Before we move on, we just had a couple from um, the from a li- live chat. Oh, so yes. Everybody, um, be sure. Uh, 1230 Saturdays Pacific yep. time. Join us live chat. You can join in the conversation. Um, we've got a couple more in here. Uh, Michael see. mentions Harvey Milk. Oh, as, yes. Michael very big one. Yes. 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 Um, and also Tim Cool, the first openly gay Cook. CEO. Oh, did I say Cook. Cool? Cook. Yeah, Tim Cook. Yeah. I even have my glasses on. 
<laughs> so, uh, CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Um, that's also, right. Charlie pick, says Michael. Robin Williams, who was in. Oh, yeah, Birdcage. Birdcage right, and Charlie, Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire, too, in drag. And Mrs. So. Doubtfire yeah. cross dressing. And yeah. also, he wants to uh, really emphasize Cher. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Someone who's Cher. been active in pop music for as long as Cher has, way longer than Madonna. Yeah. So. Good mix, you guys. Those are really, really, really good. I love that. I love Cher. I love Where does Chad Michaels? That counts as oh. Cher, too. Does it? Yes. That's a double whammy. Chad Michaels is just as much of Cher as Cher as Cher. I agree yeah. with that. If anybody hasn't seen Chad Michaels in person doing Cher, it's amazing. Like, it's so good. So good that, and when he does, um, um, what is it? Um, Sweeney Todd. His Sweeney Todd is really good too. I don't think I've seen Sweeney yeah. Todd. I've never seen Sweeney Todd. Wow, really? He yeah, does a really good Sweeney Todd. Wow. So I'm gonna finish it off with my icon. I think everybody already knows who I'm gonna pick. I was on the fence mm. about this. Wonder mm. who it could be. Do you have Wait, should we should we all call it at one two three? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. One, one two, two three three. Bad Midler. Midler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys. I Are was on right? the fence. Yes, of course you're right. I was on the fence with this because I was like, everybody's going to expect me to do Bette Midler, especially people who have known me forever. So yes. Um, and I was like, maybe I'll pick one of my other ones. But then I thought about it. And I was like, no, we're doing icons, especially ones that have influenced our life. So I picked Bette Midler. And I've talked about it a lot on the show that, like, I worship her, I'm religious about her, but I don't think I've ever given the backstory of why Bette Miller. And so, before I get into that, I wanted to give a backstory on Bette Miller and why, to me, she is an icon within the LGBTQ community. So, she started off her career. On Broadway, she came from Hawaii. She lived, and this is one of the things I love about her that a lot of people don't know. She lived in Hawaii and grew up in Hawaii, and she went to school with all Samoans, and she was the only Jewish girl. So she felt very discriminated against. She had that feeling of being the odd man out growing up. So she came to the mainland and went to New York to try to be actress, singer, and she got into the original cast of Fiddler on the Roof, played the oldest daughter for three years. Um, but she couldn't get cast in anything else after that. Um, one, because of her looks, um, being a Jewish woman, her looks, small, all of that, she couldn't get cast. So instead of just going out there, she carved her own way. She was like, I'm going to be a torch singer. I'm going to reinvent myself, a cabaret singer. And she got a job. She was doing, she was making the rounds in New York, singing at all the clubs and all that. But she got her first big break at the Continental Baths in New York, which was a gay oh. bathhouse. And she, that's where she did. And they were paying her $300 a week to do a, sh a regular show there, which to her at the time was a lot of money. Um, and she went into this gay bathhouse, did a show, and she was very – the one thing I always loved about her is she just did not give a fuck. And during the Continental Bath is when she created her character, the, the Divine Miss M, which everybody knows, her alter ego on stage. Um, and she – and for people who don't know, her backup pianist that at the time was – Barry Manilow. They both started yeah. together at the bathhouse, the Continental Bathhouse. So fucking crazy. I know. So yeah. she was performing at the bathhouse to a bunch of gay men in towel, literally towels, coming out, doing her show. And then um, she got picked up 
John by Johnny Carson saw her or heard about her, had her on Johnny Carson, where she sang Chagadunu Choo Choo um, for the first time, and he fell in love with her. And he interviewed, asked her over to the couch, interviewed her, and she was one of the very, very first people. And this was the the mid to late seventies that talked about gay, a straight woman talking about gay culture. And bringing up that she was she was working <laughs> in a bathhouse, and she, in the interview she always said that she she just uh, she had no idea. She was just like it was normal to me working in the bathhouse. It was like a normal Friday night. I didn't think it was a big deal at all that it was a bunch of gay men. So she went on national TV and talked about it and was like, "Yes, I I'm working in a gay bathhouse." And wow, it was one Imagine. of the first times ever that somebody within the straight world went on national TV and normalized the LGBTQ community, especially gay men at the time. Um, and so she, that's one of the reasons why she's always been an icon within the, the gay community is because that was her original audience. So those are the people who brought her up. And I love the fact that she just, nobody was going to cast her. So she was like, fuck you. I'm going to do my own thing and make my own path and do it myself. I'm putting my own show together. I'm doing it all myself. And she did. Um, for me personally, I first got introduced to Bette Miller from my uncle, my gay uncle, my Dio Eddie. Um, we used to stay summers in Arizona where the rest of my family is from. And one summer, it was like when I was 15, he showed me the VHS copy of Divine Madness, her concert. And this was her in the 70s when she was very raunchy, very just out there, balls to the walls, saying rock and roll, all of that. And I remember seeing her, and at the time, I was still in the religion of being Jehovah Witness, so gay was not okay at all. And so I remember seeing her and just falling in love with just the idea of what she stood for, like, just this, fuck them if they can't take a joke. Fuck them if they make fun of you. Just do you, do you. That was remember. That's what I always remembered watching the Divine Miss M and Divine Madness, the first show, the first show I was introduced to. And then years later, um, Beaches came out when I was, I think, ten or eleven. Um, Beaches came out in, I want to say it was nineteen. 88, 88, 1988 is when Beaches came out. And my mom took me to see it in the theater. Um, and there was so much drama that night in the theater that with my family, because this not a lot of people know this, but when we went and saw Beaches in the theater, my mom took me with one of my aunts. And my aunt's husband at the time was there with his girlfriend. <gasps> at the theater during beaches and they ended up having a huge fight it was me my brother my cousin yes and there was popcorn thrown during the movie all of this stuff after the movie you never said this i know i've never told you guys the story after the movie we all of us little kids mind you we were all about the age of probably 11 between the ages of 8 and 11 all of us cousins and we went to go see beaches and i love the film because i was already religious about bet miller at the time thanks to my uncle so after the film we drove back to my grandma's house right and we get out my uncle and his new girlfriend followed us to my grandma's house. Why? I don't know till this day. All I remember is my aunt 
and my other aunt who you don't want to fuck with because they will fuck you up like nobody's business <laughs> were trying to get the girlfriend out of the truck to beat her ass up in my grandma's like my grandma's driveway and I remember my mom taking us kids inside the house like go in the house go in the house and we and my cousin who was the child of my aunt and my my uncle who were in this altercation um we went out the back door and we were throwing bricks at the car or rocks at the car <laughs> from over the because we were so pissed that our uncle brought another woman to our grandma's house while my aunt was there mind you they were all still married so maybe that's why beaches was really memorable to me why oh, in the fuck yeah. would he have driven back i to your know i house? know it was crazy so that always stuck well, with me with beaches. I know, I know. Everybody, then, everybody, everywhere be crazy. And then after that, <laughs> I I just became Arizona. so religious about Bette Midler. Like I think growing up in a very strict Jehovah Witness religion and seeing this woman who was just so artistic and creative doing her thing and not giving two fucks and not being the norm, not looking the norm, not being Hollywood glam. I think that's what really resonated with me through all the years and how she's always pushed the envelope and always been doing something completely different and revolutionary before anybody else has been doing it and paving the way for a lot of other people. Um, I think that's, to me, why she's always resonated. And especially, like, her body of work, if you look at it, um, I mean, she's won, what, four four Tonys, or no, two Tonys, four Grammys, four Emmys, Oscar, two Oscar nominations. Like, it's just a great combination of a really good stage performer and an actress and a singer and a dancer. And that's why, like, I've always just been super religious about her well and also the Everything. the conservatism yeah. of your religion got shattered that same night, yeah so yeah well not just that but with her <laughs> and pushing the you're right you're right bashy it yeah. did and and the fact that my mom had always been a fan of hers and it was like our um i don't know our way of like something we had in common during the time of yeah. me not being out and figuring out that I was gay. I mean, also too, it really connected me and me and my uncle because he was he was my gay uncle. He introduced me to Madonna, Gloria Stefan, um, Linda Ronstamp, Bette Midler, Barbara Streisand, all and like Diana Ross, share all of them. I learned all of that basic gay culture from my uncle. And for some reason, out of all of them, Bette Miller was the one who stuck with me. And now it's always been a tie between me and my uncle, like those those divas that we we held dear and that really shaped. I guess who I am as a person, because you like, especially Bash, she's known me for a long time. And when me and Bash first met, I always had a mouth on me. I always was pushing the limit with what I would say to push other people's buttons. And I think a lot of that was influenced from watching Bette Miller in the early years. And she did that. She pushed the buttons. Vulgar. She pushed, yeah, she thank you, Miriam. She was very vulgar. She was, she made people talk, made people think. And I think that's always been a fascination her. of mine. Yeah. And she's going to be 75 in December. 75. And she just did did Hollow Dolly on Broadway and killed it and won the Tony for it. Yeah. And for people, and this is what I missed about Miss Miriam Schultz, you did uh, quite a few Bette Midler 
Bette Midler numbers in your I've done a songs. few. Yeah. And you've done one of my favorites, Fat As I Am, which is from her Mud uh, Will Be Flung Tonight album, which a lot of people don't know. And I saw Miss Merriam do this number at Uptown at Starlet for the first time. And I was like, oh, it was so good, Miss Merriam T. Thank <laughs> so, you. So, so good. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, I love the, the Fat As I Am number yeah. from, from Mud Will Be Flung Tonight. It's really funny. Yeah. And relatable. It is. And and like her like, career, her career has just been amazing. If you look at her career, the films she's done, the music she's done, and how much of an impact. And before we go, I wanted to say, like with her, with tying it back to the LGBTQ community, she has always fought for civil rights and equal rights for everybody. And especially within the LGBTQ community, she's always been an advocate for for our rights and just getting it out there and just being a real big voice for the community and not just that with her work with recycling and saving the earth and all of that i mean she's done a lot not just with her career but with her celebrity to to change history in a way so that's why i picked great gardener too yes you're right miss mary (laughs) she is a a beautiful garden yes bashi I have a fun question because you brought up a good point because Bet connected you with your mom and like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of softened the blow of coming out. Who's an icon that everybody has that connected you to your parents and made it the gay transition to be a little easier? Because mine, Reba, I love that one. That's a really good one. My mom's obsessed with Reba. 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 That's a good one, Miss Miriam. That's a really good one. What about you, Bashy? Uh, my mom would not fucking put down Madonna in the 90s. Really? Yeah. So I knew like all of those songs. Yeah. Q106 used to be the radio station in San Q106, Diego that always played it. With Jeff and Jarrett. Jeff and Jarrett. With Jeff and Jarrett. Yes. <laughs> I remember my mom had this giant fucking white Cadillac and I would be, I was this little kid just belting out Madonna. To, wow. Like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Madonna's another Madonna. one. Like Blonde Ambition Tour was the one tour. Like mine that was, was like, when I really got into to Madonna. Mine was like the mind. album with uh, Like a Prayer. Yes. It, oh, was, like it was like the most controversial Madonna album, too. Oh, what about you, Eric? Do you have one? Um, yeah, my mom used to clean house to um, the Michael Jackson albums. Ooh, and really? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember as a kid, my mom, like, like my whole family, we'd listen to the old Michael Jackson stuff. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. Wow. Janet that's was eight. another big one. Janet, too. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when um, her first album came out? I think it was Control. Was it Control? Control, yeah. Yeah, and the Rhythm Nation yeah. was the Janet album. I remember that Rhythm really, Nation more. Really, yeah. like, got me. The, Jan- I remember the Janet Janet album for me. Janet was Janet, like, yes. Uh, and when yeah. she was with, an, what is his name, Antonio Sabata Jr., the video where yes. it's all in the desert. Oh, my God. And it's, like, all sepia-toned. And she had the French twist. It, oh, I used to love it. I used to love it. Yeah, and my yeah. mom used to love Antonio Sabata Jr. Oh, oh really? You know that the little one did too. <laughs> <laughs> you about it. That's another thing you. Except he's I, a terrible homophobe now, he so is. we can't. He's a terrible yeah. homophobe. But you guys, well, that is bad. our our icon episode, and we'll revisit this topic again because I think we can do many another on show. This. Oh, yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. So that is it for us, Miss Miriam T. How do people find you? Give us what's going on with you. Um, you can find me um, on Instagram at the Miriam T. Um, you can also catch me at um, Gossip Grill. We're going to be doing Blackout Bingo. 
this Wednesday night will be our first one. Um, if there are still seats available, you can go to gossipgirl.com slash bingo to get those. Um, also some fun stuff coming up that I can't talk about at most, but um, Miss Marion will be back in yeah. action. You can join me um, um, and Strawberry Corn Cakes hosting um, go to bingoqueens.com and we'll be hosting um, a, a bingo online bingo for um, trans youth services with um, Aspen Gay Ski Week in Aspen, oh, Alabama, nice. Colorado. Um, so that is this Saturday, the 22nd. There are still bingo cards available. Um, and uh, you can join me as your hostess for Wine Club at Inside Out on uh, August 29th. Yes, you guys, go check all of those out. And if you missed the episode where we had, where it was me and Strawberry Corn Cake sitting down and having a very cool conversation, check that out. Um, it was a couple episodes ago. How do people find you, Bashy? Um, it's same name underscore Bash. And Eric and I have been getting into some story exchanges. I know, I saw that. Mm, <laughs> yeah. It was very interesting about, about, about Eric's little friends making an appearance on Pride, <laughs> which I forgot about until I read that story. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's something I don't want to see. <laughs> that traumatized me. <laughs> uh, it was very triggering, Bash. It was very triggering. Sorry. <laughs> what about you, Eric? How do people find you? You can find me on Instagram at partyboy. Eric. Yes, you can. And you can find the podcast at who invited her underscore podcast on Instagram. We are who invited her SD on Facebook and Twitter. And you can watch us every Saturday, 1230 Pacific time on YouTube and on the now trending app and out TV out at TV app. Um, we're on there too. So check us out on there. Check out that app. They have a bunch of really, really great shows going on on at the uh, out at TV app. So go check that out. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Email us at the gang at whoinvitedher.net. Leave us a review, a comment, all of that good stuff on Apple Podcasts because it helps it out, us out a lot. And in the comments of this video, leave us some of your favorite icons that we missed on this show. I'm very curious to hear about this. Um, you can find us next week. We will be here. But today, you guys, I'm going to leave you with a song that I really love. It's Doja Cat's Freak. Do you guys know this song? I've... I love this song. I don't. It's I don't so either. Good. It has a very throwback feel, but it's so good. If you guys don't know it, go check this song out. It's Freak by Doja Cat. But we will be back next week, you guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>